You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at lifepoint.cc. Please uh, sit down, but man, how many of you just really love your lead pastor? Let's go. Let's go. Um, Drew and Tanya, thank you for carrying the burden of vision for this church. And uh, having been in this role all year, it's like, whoa, it's a lot. But um, God is on you guys. And maybe you just love the mother of your house, Tanya. Isn't she amazing? Can we give some love? Tanya, we love you so much. When um, Tanya was in college, uh, she was mentoring my sister-in-law. She wasn't my sister-in-law at the time. Now she is. And a contemporary of Tanya uh, is a lady, was a lady named Tanil. And Tanil was mentoring my wife-to-be. And isn't that so cool how God is always working through us as we submit to him to raise up people? And I have a great sister-in-law today because God blessed Whitney through Tanya and God blessed my wife through a gal named Tanil. Uh, I'm a legalized drug dealer with a Bible today, so bear with me, but I, I love your church. I told all my friends in Fargo, I'm going south for the winter for three days. Uh, it's a little bit warmer here, not a lot warmer here. Uh, it's, I think, zero degrees at our home church today, so be thankful for every degree. Every degree matters in Jesus' name. No degree left behind. Take them all with you as long as you can. Um, Pastor Tony was my small group leader in college. Uh, I am who I am today because of uh, the, the pastors that you have in your church. Uh, I got to play on a worship team with Scott Flotten many, many years. I called him Scotty by accident today and people are like, <laughs> who's that? I was like, it's Scott, Scotty Flotten, isn't he Scotty? And so he's amazing hair, much better hair. Iowa was good to your hair, Scotty. Um, <laughs> But I, I played a lot of drums with Scotty. I rode in a lot of vans. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just thankful for your church. Is, can I just say that to you? I'm so thankful for your church. I'm so honored to be here. I, in fact, it's like I got to like take it in for a second. Like I'm in Ames, Iowa with spiritual heroes, like literally of the six spiritual heroes in my life. My mom is in Fargo. Pastor Brad, my college pastor, is in Fargo. My youth pastor, Cal Thompson, has gone to be with the Lord. And the other three are here. Isn't that cool? So can you just give your staff a hand? Um, I'm, a t- I'm a product of your leadership. Um, um, I think there's a picture of, of our family. Um, <laughs> they're so great. There's no greater church than the church of your family. And... Uh, my wife was a nurse for 10 years and got called into ministry shortly after she started nursing, um, not nursing our children, she did that too. Um, <laughs> taking care of people. Um, and uh, she answered the call of God on her life to become a pastor and was a lay pastor in our church for many years. Uh, and, and before I became the lead pastor of our church, just. 12 months ago, she stepped into being the, the kids pastor at our church. And so I don't know why God would pluck a pharmacist and a nurse out of healthcare to lead a church, but he did. And so I just want to let you know, like, don't ever put a, a lid on God and what he wants to do in your life. And um, I, I, I had this picture during worship. And by the way, wowzer, you have an amazing worship team. Um, wow, I met God today. Did anyone else meet God today during worship? Let's go. 
let's go. Um, you are so blessed. You're so fortunate. Um, I was like, Lord, I just feel like something needs to be unlocked today. And, uh, and I, I saw a picture of a, of a lock. And if you're new to church, um, I don't want to like weird you out, but sometimes God just lays things on our heart. And so I just saw this lock and I was like trying to unlock it. And I couldn't. And then I saw this hand over my hand and then the lock opened. And I was like, God, what does that mean? He's like, Dave, I'm going to use what you say today, but it's not going to be you unlocking something in someone's life. The Holy Spirit's going to do the work. And so I want to preach out of this thought for a few moments today called the everyday struggle the everyday struggle. And for 10 and a half years, I, I, I was a pharmacist. Um, I spent two years at a large health system in Rochester, Minnesota. Maybe you've heard of it. They don't like you to share the name of that health system, but I think we all know which one it is. Um, my wife started as a nurse there. I started as a pharmacist there. And um, it was our first time to like, how do we live for Jesus every day as a pharmacist and a nurse? And I, I was a pharmacy resident there for a couple of years. We helped out with Chi Alpha, um, a college ministry just down the road at Winona, Minnesota. And uh, it was just wonderful and beautiful. We, we lived in an apartment building downtown Rochester so that we could walk to work. And there was all of the countries of the earth represented. Most of these people were researchers from around the world. And my wife and I sat with a couple from Romania who had come there to do research. And... and um, uh, my wife got to lead his wife to the Lord in that, in that moment, in the first couple of weeks we were there, and we're like, wow, like God wants to use us in this role. And I remember having late, I remember you know, working overnights in a hospital. It's a little bit dead sometimes. You get to talk about conversations. I remember somebody saying, Dave, are you a person of faith? So actually, yes, I am, you know. And so you, you get these conversations, but the everyday struggle is really what are you aiming for in your life? Like, what is the target? And this is what I would propose to you. You want to make sure that when you hit the bullseye in your life, that it was the actual bullseye that you wanted to hit in your life. Um, last year, the Super Bowl um, had some commercials. Any of you get into Super Bowl commercials? Or am I the only one? You are all too holy for Super Bowl commercials. But um, there's this McDonald's commercial that they did, and it was like six people in succession all looking blankly at the menu and saying, uh, for like extended periods of time. And my brother worked at A&W for a while, and so he always would get mad when customers would just blankly look at the menu and use vo verbal pauses to get, buy them time to decide what to order. He got mad about that. And uh, I just feel like sometimes that's been my life. Like, I know I want something, but I'm not sure I know exactly what I want. Have you been there? And uh, the everyday struggle requires you to not just have goals in your life, but to have a mission because when you're no longer on this earth, all of your goals will die, but your mission lives on. And I'm the product of people who had missions. Um, you know what your mission is or you know how important your mission is rather because you know what divides you and your family and whether your expression of family is like a friend group or a life group or whether you are married in this place and you have children, we all have that expression of family. And something that divides my wife and I uh, at times is um, I do this really bad thing. I leave, I take off my socks right before bed. I'm getting vulnerable with you today. I take my socks off right before bed every night and I lay them next to the bed where they're safe. <laughs> it drives my wife insane. And, and I'm a teachable husband and that's for somebody here today, you need to be a teachable husband. You need to be trainable. I'm a, I'm a trainable, teachable husband. And so I'm learning, God, God is using progressive sanctification in my marriage. And so now what I've done is instead of putting my socks in the dirty clothes hamper, I, I accumulate them and put them in the drawer of the nightstand and I put books on top of them to hide them. 
and my wife knows this, and so now I'm putting them in the, in the clothes hamper. Also, I'm like a toilet seat, leave it up kind of guy. Um, Alyssa wants it down. So rather than trying to think through that, now I just put everything down. I just leave it up to you, babe. Like whatever you want, whatever you want up or down, I'm just putting it all down. It's up to you now. Um, I also feel like sometimes, just really getting real with you, uh, dishwashers have to be loaded a certain way. Raise your hand if you're a guy and you're finding that out for the first time today. No. I feel like there should be an arrow that points this, the way you're supposed to stack dishes like, and should say, Dave Leadall, this is the Maytag guy. Stop loading like a, like a foolish person. And so I'm all about getting it done. And so I just pack the dishes in there and close it. And that, that's not good. But I'll tell you one thing, those things divide us, but what always brings Alyssa and I together is the mission of Jesus Christ. The mission of Jesus Christ. And you might wanna do a lot of great things in your life, like fully fund a 401k or a 403b. Um, you might want your kids to get into a great school or get a scholarship. Um, you might even be aiming for something like really like deep and serious, like adopting a child. And those things will always fall short of a mission. Because if the mission isn't Jesus, all of those things, even when you accomplish them, will just mean so little. And today we're gonna talk about a couple in the Bible, Priscilla and Aquila. And Priscilla and Aquila really resonate with me because I believe the church is not built on the Pauls and the Peters, it's built on the Priscillas and the Aquilas. And there's a lot of great couples in the Bible. Um, there's some not great couples in the Bible. If you ever study Ahab and Jezebel, don't pattern your life after them. Um, <laughs> If you ever study Ananias and Sapphira, do not pattern your life after them. Um, there's a few really good couples, Boaz and Ruth. I mean, what an amazing couple. God's redemptive story in a, in a prophetic couple. Uh, Mary and Joseph and Jesus, that turned out pretty well. We got Jesus, the savior of the universe after all. Um, but before I go into the text in Acts chapter 18, and if you have a Bible, turn there with me. Before we get into the text, I wanna let you know that you do not need a family, like earthly family unit to have a struggle and you don't need to have a spouse or a family unit, biological family unit to have a mission. And I think so often we wait to have mission until our, our family situation changes. And I think this is the tension, right? Like we want to be content in our family situation, but we want something to be different and we frequently think like joy and fulfillment and the mission of Jesus lives when we have kids or on the other side of marriage, sometimes on the other side of divorce, and we believe this lie that we're not complete in Christ. When in reality, you are made complete in Christ on your own. And what I love about your pastors, even they model this for us. They're complete people that God has brought together. And I really believe Priscilla and Aquila, they show this like completeness in Jesus. And then when they come together, it becomes really, really wonderful. In Acts chapter 18, verse one, it says, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. We read that, it's like such a wonderful story. 
but we have Priscilla and Aquila. They are tent makers. Maybe you work for a construction company. Maybe you work in a bank or a finance sector. Maybe you work in healthcare or the school system. I don't know exactly what you do, but I'd propose to you that tent making is not probably a lot different. There's skills and, and needs and materials and there's things that need to be done. And this is the truth. A, a common mission will always unite you, whatever that is. And it's gonna be way better than a common sports team. And a lot of people that I have friends with, they're like, man, what brings my wife and I together is we love NDSU Bison football games. And for you, it's like, go Cyclones. Or maybe you're like, I'm a Broncos fan, she's a Chiefs fan. I don't know if they'll ever be friends, but we're friends, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know what it is for you. Um, but and we don't even know how Priscilla and Aquila met. We get no, this is the first time we meet them in scripture and I don't know if Priscilla and Aquila met in youth group. I don't know if they went to like a tent makers conference. <laughs> and, and Priscilla saw Aquila reading his Bible at the table at the vendor exhibition hall. I, I don't know. But they met, right? And they thought it was so important to unite with Jesus that they didn't just like work with Paul. They like let Paul live with them. Like Paul lived with them. And he would go minister and they would support him essentially with a place to live. And we, we talk a lot about Paul and how great Paul is, but Priscilla and Aquila was their room and board, you know? Meanwhile, in verse 24, it says, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only of the baptism of John. What this is saying is John the Baptist, he was baptizing people. It wasn't that he went to a Baptist church. He was John the Baptist because he was baptizing people, right, in water. And this was even to prepare people to have the coming of Christ. And so he's, he's this guy with great talent and ability, gifting and anointing, and yet... Priscilla and Aquila didn't just judge him or criticize him in their home. They're like, we want to help this guy. He has a gift. Verse 26, he began speaking boldly in the synagogue when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. I'd say to you in the struggle, what this shows us out of the, the verses we just read is, you exist for more than yourselves. In the struggle, you, you need to exist for more than yourself. The reason why Priscilla and Aquila even left Rome was because Claudius, after Jesus ascended into heaven, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of hubbub, if you will. And Claudius uh, expelled all Jews from Rome. He thought it would be better to kind of cleanse Rome from Christians, Jews who had now become Christians. And so Priscilla and Aquila, they're, they're like being kicked out of their hometown and they're not feeling sorry for themselves. They're just partnering with Paul and helping him do his ministry. Um, another truth that I think is so interesting is that your family in the struggle, even in all the struggles of your life, your family can affect someone else's history. Your family can impact someone else's legacy. Have you ever thought about this? Apollos is this gifted person. Um, imagine like, well, you guys have a lot of gifted people in your church. I mean, just imagine if like Scott Flotten, he had all this talent and ability here, but like he didn't really know Jesus that well. 
But there was a couple in this church that invited him over, made a casserole. Any of you grew up in like church casserole days? I feel like I'm here today because of church, after church casseroles. But they just invited him into their home and they said, basically in so many words, you have a gift. Like you speak boldly, you're anointed. We can see God's gifting on you. We want you to go further than you could ever go in your own imagination. We believe God has a plan for your life. So we're gonna bring you into our home and we're gonna teach you, we're gonna instruct you. Um, I literally wrote down the names of couples who've done that for me. I, I stopped after about 20 couples of people that just let me come into their life. As a child of a single mom, uh, there were many people that like allowed me into their life, like did things that probably many of you think are silly, but just to instruct and to encourage me and to help me to fan the flame, the gifting that God had placed on my life. Uh, raise your hand if you're here today because somebody invested in you, even though they didn't have to. Like, like they, they just poured into your life outside of normal church hours. Um, after work when you're weary from a long day or the person was weary from a long day. There are many people that have poured into my life. They had really good jobs. They even had their own kids to, to manage and take care of. But little Dave Leadall was brought into their life. And to this day, I don't know why they did it but I believe God was blessing me through them. And the way that God affects your, your whole history, your whole story is similar to what we see in Apollo's life. Many of us have heard this verse. Paul spe- speaking of himself, I planted it, Apollo swatted it, and then what comes after that? God made it grow. So who in the struggle God's gonna use you and me to not maybe raise up a Paul, but he'll raise up an Apollos through you. Um, Someone who can water, someone who can help Jesus be known on the earth. And Priscilla and Aquila were never known as great preachers. They were never known as wonderful communicators, but they were hero makers, they were hero builders. In Romans 16, it gets even deeper because we're really studying the life of Priscilla and Aquila. First of all, can we just pause? I mean, if you're Priscilla and you can marry some dude named Aquila, you'd marry that person. Like, dude has a sweet name. Anyway, Romans 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, and we could preach a message on Phoebe. We won't for the sake of time today. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church of Syncrie. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. But look at verse three. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ. They were all tent makers. Paul is writing a letter to the Roman church and is saying, he didn't say, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the tent-making industry. He could have easily said that. We, we roomed together, they gave me a place to stay, and we even made tents together, it was pretty cool. But no, Paul doesn't address them as tent-makers. He addresses them now as co-laborers for Jesus Christ. The people that you have an opportunity to minister to, to mentor in your life, Uh, you will need to start seeing them as co-workers in Jesus Christ. I will tell you today that some of my most precious pharmacists, physicians, 
nurses, lab technicians that I've ever known in my life and been friends with, the fun part is we were actually all co-laboring for Jesus, but we just had name badges on for the organization we worked for. And my prayer is that every one of us in your place of work, in your college class or whatever phase of life you're in, that you have co-labors for Jesus where you work and where you live that has nothing to do with this building. You leave this church as the church. We are the church that blesses the world. And I loved being a, can I just be honest with you? I love being a pastor. The only cool thing about being a pharmacist is I, I got to be unexpected. Like when you're a pastor and you wanna pray with somebody, they're like, that's your job. Let me encourage you with a Bible verse. Well, you're a pastor, of course you're gonna do that. But if you're a legalized drug dealer, no one expects it. I just manage my meds. Give me my Lipitor, get me on my way. And, and uh, I always just let the Holy Spirit um, do the talking and, and execute his will. I, I wake up in the morning and I think all of us should do this this week. When's the last time you've woken up in the morning and you just held your hands open to the Lord and say, God, I will talk to whoever you want me to talk to today. I'll ask a question of whoever you want me to ask a question of today. I'll make a new friend at work because there's a lot of lonely people in our workplaces. There's a lot of miserable people. Did you know that professionals are really, really miserable? Um, we're all looking for something to, and they're like, man, I have a fully funded 401k, but why am I still miserable? Did you know that you have the answer to that question? Um, man, I, my wife and I prayed for a kid for so long and um, now we got our kid through a fertility process, but I'm still miserable. I thought my life was gonna change. And do you know that you have the answer? Because your dart is going to the right bullseye. Their dart is just going to a bullseye. But I love it doesn't stop there. In verse four in Romans 16, they risked their lives for me. So Paul is like, we weren't just tent making, they risked their lives for me. Uh, in my study of the scripture, we have no idea what it was that Priscilla and Aquila did to risk their life for him. Here's just a question. For, so I'm gonna come to you not as a pastor, but as somebody who worked as a pharmacist for 10 years, as a lay minister. Like my first ministry activity after I became a pastor is I did a wedding for two pharmacy classmates who fell in love, came to church, gave their hearts to Jesus, we're living together, wanted to get married and asked, Dave, aren't you doing some ministry thing? Will you marry us? And I was like, I'm kind of doing Bible school. I'm not done yet. And they're like, can you be done in six months? I said, I will try. <laughs> and so I got my rear in gear and I finished correspondence Bible school. I became a minister and within a month I did my first wedding at the alumni center at North Dakota State University for two pharmacy classmates. I saw them this summer. Neither of them really knew Jesus at all, but I saw them this past summer because ironically how God works is they go to a lake, the same place our family goes to a lake, and we just stood in the driveway, this is over 10 years ago, and we just bashed in what God had done in our lives because they have four children, beautiful children who all love Jesus. They actually go to the same church as Adam Thielen. I know I'm not in Vikings territory, but they're like, they're like, yeah, Adam Thielen like, loves Jesus. He's in our church. And like, I'm like still shocked to this day because they did not know Jesus at all. But we just let them come into our lives and a drug dealer named Dave Leadall got some ministry credentials. We did their wedding and they know Jesus today because not because because God used me in their life. I'm just the conduit. And Priscilla and Aquila, they were just being used by God. 
And here's my question to you, and Drew and Tanya don't pay me to say this, but you know, when's the last time we've like risked our lives for our pastors? Like it's not up to Drew and Tanya to reach people. And what I loved about not being a pastor is I was like, man, I'll just do anything. So Alyssa and I, we did like a new believers class and we helped out on welcome team. And sometimes I preached, sometimes I didn't, but I always got to kind of be in the shadows. You know, it was really exciting. Be like, nobody knows, are you a pastor? Are you a pharmacist? I don't know. What do you want me to be, you know? But I'll tell you that we're all called to be ministers, aren't we? Um, Whatever name badge God has on your shirt or your jersey or your coat or whatever, it's just just an open door for someone to know Jesus. They risk their lives for me. Not, Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Whatever it was, it put Paul in a position to be a blessing to all the churches and he gives Priscilla and Aquila the credit. Greet also the church that meets at their house. So we know from verse five that they had some kind of life group in their home. And here's another in the struggle moment. In the struggle, your home can be a home for others. Now I'm not saying you have to let random people live with you, but some of us, we need to downgrade what it means to have somebody over to our house. Like Alyssa and I struggle with this sometimes. We have different levels of requirements for how clean the house has to be. Raise your hand if that resonates with any of us. And, and don't raise your hand if you are one or the other, just like you just know that there's maybe a mismatch there. Um, like I'm like, let's just have people over. And Alyssa's like, have we dusted twice, you know? But we both have really worked with each other on, I mean, Tuesday nights for us, it's just we open up our home. Just Tuesday nights is that for us. That way we don't get burnt out, but we also stay open to whatever God would have. And Priscilla and Aquila, they didn't just support Paul. Uh, They didn't just encourage him. They didn't just disciple people once in a while. They had a life group that met in their home. They saw themselves as an extension of Paul. And we are all extensions of Jesus, amen? And the gospel changes us. Like, I'm so passionate about this message because you don't live this way if the gospel hasn't changed you. But when the good news of Jesus grabs hold of our lives, we have to live differently. Like, I'm not just a fill in the blank of profession. I'm on mission every single day. And in the struggle, people will associate you with Christ. This is a, a reason why I think a lot of us don't do this is because a lot of times if you think about your testimony, you love Jesus, but didn't God use somebody in your life? Anybody God used a person, you didn't have direct revelation, but God revealed you through other people? Like three of your pastors are that for me. Um, God revealed himself to me through Pastor Drew, Pastor Tony, and Pastor Scott, and their beautiful wives. I mean, they're just amazing people. Uh, But what's so cool is that's not an honor to be neglected. We want to embrace that. Like I carry the presence of Jesus everywhere. Um, If people associate me with Jesus, all I do is I say, hey, listen, like keep focused on him. Like I'm just the messenger. I'm just the drug dealer, you know? Um, And in your life, you will need to just expect that people will associate you with Christ because of how God worked through you. And, And rather than shying away from it, we embrace it. And we say, you know, I'm just a guy. I didn't come to, with, to you with wise and persuasive words, but I believe that the spirit of God wants to work through me. And the coworker in Christ Jesus is that key phrase that 
I just hope that we all have those people that we associate with that see us as much more than a coworker in our profession, but more so a coworker in Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 16, it gets even deeper in verse 19 of first Corinthians 16. It's, uh, Paul wrote, the churches in the province of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord. And so does the church that meets at their house. So I want us to look at the contrast between Romans 16 and 1 Corinthians 16. In Romans we read, greet also the church that meets at their house. So the church that Priscilla and Aquila are pastoring in their home are being greeted. In 1 Corinthians 16, the church that meets in their house is now greeting others. I propose to you that you're not here just to pour in to people, to share the gospel with them, but we need to have bigger vision for what God wants to do in our workplaces so that the person that you're investing in and sharing the gospel with today will turn around and you will be pleasantly surprised because now the very people you're pouring into and sharing the gospel with, they're going to do bigger and greater and even more amazing things for Jesus than you. And what I've always done and what I know your pastors always do is they say, listen, we're sharing this with you, but now you share it with somebody else. And now that coworker that you've been praying for that finally came to know Jesus and you've been discipling them, your prayer is not that they just come to know Christ and have sufficiency in Christ, but that they would be used by the Holy Spirit to bring a revelation to someone else, to bring the revelation of Christ to their family. And I'm here to tell you today that the people that I've ministered to, the most amazing testimonies are not even from me, but when people write letters to me saying, you don't even know me, but, I, but who does know me is so-and-so. And they said, Pastor Dave, you had an impact on their life. And that's that, that trickle down. And your pastors know that, but you're not just ministering in the struggle to make disciples you're ministering in the, in the struggle to make disciple makers. And it's beautiful because your, your, your team of your family, your mission as a family becomes exceedingly clear. And when you have really, really tough struggles, and can I just be super vulnerable with you today? Is anybody opposed to vulnerability here? Um, Alyssa and I disagree on things. We're pastors. Aren't we fully in agreement? Do you know that we disagree at times about how to discipline our children? We've disagreed on how to spend our money. We've disagreed on how to use our time and manage our schedule. Did you know that we are not immune to spiritual attack? Like we feel like we come under spiritual attack just like anybody. There's nothing easy about raising three kids. Can you put up the picture of our family again? Like how many of you know it takes 50 pictures to get one? <laughs> and I know some of you are judging me. That one isn't even all that great of all of us. I get it, okay? I get it, I get it, I get it. And Alyssa and I have walked through pain. Like I'm 11 years into marriage. I love Alyssa more today and she loves me more today than we ever did on June 4th, 2011. That was the day we got married. Like we love each other more. It's great, it's more amazing. We had no honeymoon phase. We feel like we're in the honeymoon phase now. From a love standpoint, we're great but we walk through trial, we walk through frustration, we walk through pain, and we've reflected 
that the one thing we can always rally around is the mission of Jesus. The one thing we can always rally, because why do we exist for the mission of Jesus Christ? And I'm very fortunate. Um, When I first met Alyssa, she wasn't really into me, I was really into her. And I was okay with that, because it still meant I had a chance. (laughs) And if you're gonna marry up in life, you just need to be okay with the girl not wanting you the way you want, it's just, it's okay. God works in mysterious ways. But this is what I loved about Alyssa, I still love about her. She didn't need me. Like she had this independent call of God on her life. She loved people. Uh, She had this mission for Jesus that was independent of me and I joke with her, if I died, you'd be just fine. If she died, I'd be a wreck, you know? I'd be like, what's my life? If I died, she'd be like, well, God's faithful. (laughs) I'm just kidding. She's not here to defend me, but. But when, you, when your life gets crazy, and it will, um, and you hear Pastor Drew preach a great message on the, on the sufficiency of Christ, and you're like, yeah, I know, but why, why am I not on the same page as my friend group? Why am I not on the same page as my wife or husband? Why am I not on the same page with my kids or my life group? You always come back to, do I have a personal mission for Jesus, and are we collectively moving to a place where we can aim at the right bullseye? And here's just a healthy challenge. Some of us are here today or watching online, and you're waiting for that other person in your home to capture the mission. And I want to let you know that there are some couples in this place. I realize that you're on mission, and you're praying that your husband or wife or the person in your life that just needs to hop on the mission will do that. A lot of us in this place, if you're not the person living on mission and you know that your spouse is, you know that you're that person that hasn't jumped in, here's your encouragement today. If you're Priscilla or Aquila and you need to jump into the mission, jump into the mission of Jesus today. Like some of us, you came into this room and you're only here because you love somebody who's here. Jesus loves you so much, he wants to be the reason why you're here and that that would change and transform the legacy of your family forever. But the church is now blessing others. And here's the cool thing in the struggle. The people you refreshed will refresh others. We have one more scripture. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila are only mentioned one more time in scripture. And Paul was imprisoned in Rome and was writing to Timothy one last time. Timothy was pastoring the church in Ephesus and Aquila and Priscilla were with him faithfully ministering. So even as they watch their spiritual hero get thrown in prison, they're like, we're here for you, Paul, man. (laughs) Like, we're here for you, man. I'm sure he's like, you guys can go back to tent making. It's kind of (laughs) over. No, we're with you, man. And uh, in verse 19 of Timothy 4, Paul wrote this to Timothy one last time. Greet Priscilla and Aquila and the household of of Aniferous. So in his last moments of writing scripture, Priscilla and Aquila come to mind. I, I want to offer you John three sixteen. You've heard this verse many times, perhaps if you grew up knowing the Lord. But we read in scripture that God so loved the world that he gave his own son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Um, that verse changes me. Like I can't live just for another paycheck. I can't live just to climb the corporate ladder. 
Like, I can't live just to raise our kids to get good grades. Like, if God so loved the world that he gave his only son, then none should perish. But anyone who believes would have eternal life. Like, how could we face eternity and feel good about just some goal on earth? I want to give us 1 John 3.16 as extra revelation of the struggle and your mission in the struggle. This is what 1 John 3.16 says. 1 John, not John, but 1 John. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. What does that look like for you today? We, I love in worship, we laid down our pride to worship. We laid down our time this morning to worship. But what does it look like to lay down your life? Amos 3, verse 3 in the message translation, or the message paraphrase rather, says, do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place? I'll come back to the first question we asked. Despite what divides you in your family, what brings you together? Because goals will only bring you together for a season the mission of Jesus will bring you together forever. And a goal may change somebody's life. I, I go to a lot of leadership conferences. Anybody you went to, you're at a workplace and they like do like leadership classes or like leadership summits or like leadership day. Anybody raise your hand if you've had to do like a leadership thing. Okay, so most workplaces have like leadership, yeah, cool. And one big thing is like, what you do today will impact tomorrow. Any of you feel better just hearing that? Like, all right. <laughs> What you do today impacts tomorrow. It's like, feels like a very like, I was gonna say something I probably shouldn't say, but it just feels like a very cheap thing to say, right? When you have the mission of Jesus, what you do doesn't impact tomorrow. What you do impacts eternity. And we need to think, is what I'm doing just impacting tomorrow? Because we can justify a lot of really good goals. Like I'm putting money into a 529 right now so that our kids can have some money for college. College students are like, go back in time. Change my life, Lord, you know? But, you know, the best thing I could give my kids is not a 529. The best, best thing I can give my kids is a legacy of faith. And what I love about, especially if you're like a, a, a child of somebody in this place and all of us are children of somebody um, and you will have children maybe someday, your goals will fade. Like your, your kids may or may not care that they have a 529, but they will always care about the legacy of faith that you left. And they'll remember the people you had in your home. And we have people in our home today, like our kids, like I get excited now because they realize what we're doing and that we're on mission and that we're not just having people over to like develop friendships and to like have people in our lives. Like we want them to know Jesus and we want it to be a ripple effect in people's lives. Um, tonight, we're gonna talk about Luke chapter eight and we're gonna really unpack the grace of Jesus, the dominion of Jesus in Luke chapter eight. Um, but what I'd like us to do um, now, can we just all bow our heads and close our eyes? I... I just sense strongly that there might be someone here, you love Jesus. Like that is not an issue. But you've been focusing a lot on goals and you have just... It's not a bad thing. You're going after a lot of good things, but they're not necessarily God things. And 
maybe the Holy Spirit's saying, reallocate some really great energy and time and prayer in your life away from the day-to-day struggle and into a day-to-day mission. And I just wanna let the Holy Spirit speak for just a few moments right now. I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what does an everyday mission look like for me going forward? I really believe God spoke to some of us. These are the people I want you to talk to. That's the person that has looked alone in your workplace or alone in your friend group or alone where you pick up groceries or alone in your family. God's saying um, that per- there's, there's, a, there's a, like an Apollos anointing that needs to get unlocked, but I'm gonna use you to help unlock what I want to do in somebody's life. Don't don't make me ask somebody else to be a blessing. I'm calling you to be a blessing. Maybe it's just been the the rigorous goal setting of really good things, but it's taking a lot of your time and thoughts and it's not giving you mission. It's just giving you something more to think about. I just really believe the Holy Spirit wants to give you the most amazing legacy building faith and that everything you receive here trickles into everyday struggle of life. This has been the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at lifepoint.cc.